to the late night edition of the Mariners podcast from Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. Today we're going to cover uh, tonight's game, or I guess this afternoon's game, uh, George Kirby's performance, Jared Kelnick's unfortunate injury, uh, which opened up a an opportunity for Cade Marlowe and comments that Jerry DePoto made uh, regarding the Mariners at the trade deadline on uh, 7.10 uh, a.m. today. So the Mariners are now 48 and 48, right at 500, nine and a half games behind the Texas Rangers and five games out of the wild card. Uh, George C- Kirby today was the star. Mariners won 5-0 over the Minnesota Twins to split the four-game set. Uh, Kirby was nails. He was the Mariners' stopper. He pitched like an ace. Uh, Very impressive outing from George Kirby, exactly what the Mariners needed in this game. We will dive deep into George Kirby's start, talk about some things that he did a little bit differently in this start uh, in a few minutes here. So George Kirby, seven innings, four hits, no runs, no walks, 10 strikeouts. 99 pitches, 73 strikes, moves to 9-8. and ERA goes to 3.23. Matt Brash had his 12th hold, and Paul Seawald closed out the ninth. Uh, We'll start with the offense. Really, it was powered by Teoscar Hernandez. He was 2-for-4 with a home run and an RBI single in the first to get the Mariners' offense started. Uh, In that first inning, he uh, singled home J.P. Crawford, who had singled uh, at, to start the game off for the Mariners' offense. Uh, what I liked about uh, the at-bat from Teo Hernandez was that he singled on a sweeper, which, uh, you know, he hadn't been hitting pitches with Ben very well. Um, so he singles in, uh, RBI single, knocks in J.P. Crawford. Mariners take a 1-0 lead, bottom one. Mariners go up 2-0 in the bottom of the fourth. Uh, Tailscar Hernandez hit a solo home run off of a fastball that was top rail. Um, it was a, a 405 feet, 103.2 miles an hour off the bat. Uh, but he laid off a curveball that was long outside with two strikes um, to get into account where he was uh, got the fastball. And... That's a very good sign when Taylor Hernandez isn't chasing breaking balls outside of the zone and he's able to hit fastballs. That's exactly what you want from him. So great sign from Tao. Again, he carried the offense going two for four with the home run and a couple of RBIs. Uh, Mike Ford added a two run home run in the eighth scoring. He and a Eugenio Suarez uh, to create the offense that the Mariners needed as uh, Gino and JP both had two hits in this game as well. Um, and really, that was the Mariners' offense, five runs. So really, the meat and potatoes of this game is the pitching. It is George Kirby. Uh, seven innings, four hits, as I said, no runs, no walks, 10 strikeouts. Uh, he threw 49% four-seamers, which was up 10% over the season, uh, 38% whiff on that four-seamer. All of his pitches were up in velocity a bit. His slider in particular was up 1.8 miles an hour and got a 50% whiff rate on that slider. Um, 
eight swings, four swings and misses. Is it a product of the increased velocity? It could be potentially. Um, I think he was trying to throw that slider harder. It looked like, uh, so the two developments in George Kirby's pitches uh, in this game were that, A, he threw the slider harder, like I said, almost two miles an hour harder. And B, I think even more impactfully, uh, he threw five splitters in this game. Uh, he had thrown 35 splitters so far this season uh, to a 2.1% uh, usage rate. In this game, it was 5% splitter, but he made uh, big uh, use of them. So four, or excuse me, he threw, uh, yeah, five splitters. So five of the six splitters, or excuse me, four of the five splitters were two left-handed hitters. Uh, one, the first one was two left-handed Matt Walner that he threw low and outside for us, a swinging strikeout. The second one was the only one to a right-hander, Byron Buxton, that was fouled off. That was a middle-middle splitter, but I don't think Buxton was expecting it. The third one was belt high, outer rail that uh, Willie Castro lined out to right field. But the last two I really liked a lot, just like Walner. Uh, the fourth one was low and away to Edouard Julien. That was the fourth pitch of the at-bat, but it, sp- it really set up the fa- uh, fastball, the inside rail, uh, four strike three to Julien. Um, and then... The last splitter that he threw was to Alex Kirloff. It was the fourth pitch of a six-pitch at-bat. But he wasted it outside, and this at-bat ended up in a strikeout. Here's the thing. I've been asking or calling for George Kirby to waste pitches in pitchers' counts all year long. The problem is that he has such fine control that I think it's hard for him to actually throw pitches way outside of the zone. He locates so well. So the splitter is not a pitch that is easily located by many pitchers. And I think it's a pitch that because it's new to Kirby and because it's a very difficult pitch to control, he's able to throw it and and achieve the impact that missing the strike zone um, would for George Kirby. It's exactly what I've been calling for is I guess what I've been saying is throw a fastball out of the zone, throw a slider in the dirt, right? Throw a curveball in the dirt. But really, the introduction of this splitter specifically to lefties outside of the zone is achieving exactly the same result. And I loved it. I thought it was great. I think it's in part um, reason for why he had 10 strikeouts in seven innings. Obviously, uh, three of the splitters led to strikeouts. Um, those at bats led to strikeouts. Uh, I just, I think it's a great offering to a lefty. I think it puts another pitch that's outside of the zone in the lefty's mind. Um, to me, the introduction of the split finger by George Kirby is is a great revelation. And I think it's going to help him tremendously. He ends up with a 36% whiff rate in this game, which is much higher than he's been over the season. And I don't think that it's, it's a, uh, coincidence that it coincides with the introduction of more splitters into his repertoire um super fun to watch uh just an exciting development i think if you're a mariners fan seeing george kirby introduce that splitter uh 10 strikeouts seven innings shutout ball he was he was the stopper that the mariners needed in this particular game so 
kudos to you, George Kirby, for introducing a new pitch and using it um, uh, very effectively in this in this win. So Jared Kelnick, in frustration after his strikeout in the ninth inning against Johan Duran, uh, the Twins' closer kicked a, I believe, a Gatorade tub or something like that and fractured his left foot. Uh, Jared Kelnick was placed on the injured list. He is out at least a few weeks with a foot fracture. Um, I'm sure many of you on Twitter saw his uh, tearful explanation of what happened. Uh, he very much took responsibility for it, said he he let his emotions get the best of him. Uh, he's obviously an intense, emotional guy. I think that's both his greatest strength and his biggest weakness is his uh, intensity. So Jared Kelnick so far this season, 252, 320 on base, 759 OPS, 11 home runs, 43 runs, 45 RBIs, 12 stolen bases, 9.1% walk rate, 32.6% K rate, and an 834 OPS against right-handers. So the Mariners are certainly going to miss Jared Kelnick, who will be out for the, at least the next couple of weeks. Um, he's been streaky. I've said before, you know, obviously the majority of his production came at the beginning of the season, but he looked to be coming kind of out of the doldrums and he looked to be able to hit breaking balls a little better than he had uh, earlier in the season. So I'm sure it's really frustrating for Kelnick um, given the fact that he was playing well. Foot fracture can, can go either way. It could be a few weeks. It could be the rest of the season. Uh, the Mariners brought up Cade Marlowe, who is, I believe, the 16th rank, ranked Mariners prospect by Baseball America, and I believe the maybe the 11th or so, maybe the 12th by uh, MLB Pipeline. I will look that up while I'm talking here. Marlowe is 25 years old. He was the Mariners' 20th round pick in 2019. Uh, he is 6'1", 210. Cade Marlowe is bats left-handed, throws right-handed. I think he is a pretty decent fit to replace uh, Jared Kelnick in this lineup. Um, probably will hit lower to begin with. He was actually the 14th ranked prospect by MLB Pipeline in the Mariner system. So left-handed swing, 6'1", 210, uh, corner outfielder. I have his tools based on what I've seen as a 45 hit. 55 power, 55 speed, and 50 field. Uh, his hit tool is a question. There's no doubt there's power in that bat. There's no doubt he can steal bases. His 11 home runs and 25 stolen bases so far this year in AAA. But his hit tool really is the question um, as to whether he is a major league regular or maybe just a fourth outfielder. He did start and hit in the eight hole today against the Twins. He went 0 for 3 with a walk and two strikeouts. Um, I don't think he will be overmatched, but I also don't think he's going to hit over 250. Uh, Ultimately, he ends up being a corner left-handed bat and a fourth outfielder, whether it's for the Mariners or for a different team. Uh, Decent stand-in for Kelnick. Uh, Again, it's too bad that Jared Kelnick is hurt. Um, he was on his way to his first real decent major league season. Uh, does this impact the Mariners' moves moving forward? Does it impact their playoff chances? I think Kid Marlowe is a step down from Jared Kelnick, obviously. 
does it change my approach if I'm Jerry Depoto with regards to the Mariners uh, at the deadline? It does not. So speaking of Jerry Depoto, he went on 710 uh, with Mike Salk uh, earlier today and was asked about the Mariners' approach at the deadline. Um, I'm going to give you a couple of points that Jerry Depoto made and my reaction. Uh, I think my reaction is going to be on the opposite end of what most Mariners fans feel, but this is why I love Jerry Depoto and why I really appreciate his approach. So Jerry Depoto was asked, what is the Mariners approach going to be at this trade deadline, given the fact that they are a 500 team thus far? His response was that they had not really separated themselves in a meaningful way uh, to be aggressive at the buying at the buy at the deadline. So basically saying that they're not going to be a buyer. Um, if they were playing better and he felt like they, a move could get them over the top, the, this is the inference, he would make a bigger move and be a bigger buyer in the trade market. But the reality is being 500 does not dictate being aggressive at that deadline. We've heard Mariners fans pound the table for players like Brendan Donovan, uh, Lars Newtbar, um, certainly Shohei Otani. I think Otani is a, is a one-off, but... Uh, Mariners fans have really wanted DePoto to make a move because of the lack of offensive production for, from some of his uh, offseason free agent signings like uh, A.J. Pollock and trades like Colton Wong. I love his comment. I think it's smart. I don't think you mortgage any of the future for a 500 team 11 days outside of the deadline. Um, you have to be really rational and objective about where your team stands. And if the Mariners are, you know, if the Mariners are nine and a half games out of first place and five games out of the wild card, you have to be smart. You can't mortgage Jonathan Classe or Cade Young or, you know, any of the bigger pro Harry Ford because the fans want to see you make a move. That's, there are GMs that do that. Jerry DePoto is not one. And I really appreciated the fact that he said what he said about the Mariners not separating themselves. Uh, he said that they will use the next 11 days to evaluate whether to be, quote, whether to, quote, better to make a push for the 23 season or to better situate themselves for 2024. So clearly the next week and a half or so is going to determine which direction Jerry DePoto goes as far as um, the t the team's roster. As a fan, I would want my GM to always want to make the team better. And I would also want my, my GM to be realistic. Um, Dave Dombrowski, who is the GM of the Phillies and has been the GM of uh, the Red Sox and other teams, is notorious for selling our prospects. I hate that. As a fan... I would not want to see my team mortgage prospects to get stars. That's just, you want to build from the ground up. You want to build a sustainable playoff team, a sustainable dynasty. And I think that's what Jerry DePoto is working towards. I appreciate the comment that he made. I think it's smart. Um, and I think the next 11 days will certainly uh, determine whether the Mariners are buyers or sellers or going to walk that line. He also said, 
that they're probably not going to be in the market for a big fish. Uh, read the Luis Castillo trade in 2023. Um, he said that there'll be more uh, in the margins market. I I think this is smart too. You can improve your team incrementally uh, by making smaller moves, right? Mariners can improve upon, they can find a left-handed hitting second baseman to improve upon Colton Wong in the production at second base. They can find a uh, a right-handed DH that can hit against um, both righties and lefties that will limit the exposure that Mike Ford has and also um, replace A.J. Pollock uh, in terms of the DH against left-handed pitching. So immediately those two moves would certainly help the Mariners' offense. Um Jerry Depoto also spoke to the uh, lack of, I guess, bench or depth in the Mariners offense. And that, you know, that rests solely, the responsibility for that rests solely on him. He did not build a good bench. Uh, they got lucky with Jose Caballero. They got lucky with Mike Ford. But I think this bench could be better. I think he's speaking specifically to Dylan Moore and A.J. Pollock when talking about the lack of depth on this Mariners offense. Uh I will say that I equate Jerry DePoto to like Danny Ainge in the NBA as far as being willing to sell off or trade most any player on this team if the if the deal makes sense for the team. I don't think he's afraid to to trade anyone outside of uh Julio Rodriguez. It doesn't mean they're trading Logan Gilbert or George Kirby, but if the right deal was to present itself, I think he would give it serious thought in the same way that a cutthroat GM like a Danny Ainge does. A um, couple other comments that he made. One was that the Mariners have an average offense uh, based on advanced metrics and that there were no wave of bats coming from AAA to come save the team. Uh, I would say Jonathan Classe is the closest as far as like talented, almost ready minor league bats, and I don't think he's ready. Uh, so I, I agree with his statement there. Uh, the last note, I guess, is Taylor Hernandez and Tom Murphy are both free agents at the end of this season. And Paul Seawald is a uh, free agent at the end of 25, so one arbitration year. If the Mariners fall any further out of contention, especially in the next 11 days, I think trading both Tao and Tom Murphy is smart. Um you got Cooper Hummel in AAA to replace uh, to replace Tom Murphy. I don't think that's a big, a huge deal, given the fact that Murphy doesn't play much. And trading tail would open up opportunity for a young player to uh, start in right field. That's not what I would want to see as a Mirrors fan, but I think it would be the smart thing to do if they fall out of contention. Paul Seawald is a little different. He's been lights out for the Mariners for the last couple of years. He's obviously their closer. But if you can get a controllable piece for the next couple of years for a bullpen arm like Paul Seawald. I think you have to do it um, as difficult as that may be for Mariners fans to swallow. The reality is that Andres Munoz pitches like a closer uh, as does Matt Brash. If you believe that Matt Brash can handle the pressure of pitching the ninth, but you've got Brash, you've got Seawald, you've got pre-launder Baroa, 23 year old relief pitcher in double a, who throws, you know, a 99 mile an hour fastball and an elite 
double plus slider ready. Um, he was brought up a couple of days ago, hasn't pitched yet in the major leagues, but you know, he is the next Mariners dominant reliever, right? And so trading Seawald to me makes sense as cutthroat as that may seem, uh, if the Mariners do fall out of contention. So look for Teo, Tom Murphy, and or Paul Seawald to be traded uh if they're not competing. The hope is that they do. Uh the hope is that the Mariners play well in the next eleven days. Uh, Jerry DePoto makes a move, a move like a Jorge Soler. Um, but I appreciated his comments. I think that he's not afraid to say, to be honest, on Mike Salk's show on 710, and he's not afraid to say some, something that is going to upset fans if he believes it's the right move for the Mariners organization to make. So um, kudos to you, Jerry DePoto, for being honest and open and uh, realistic in your comments on the radio show today. So again, Mariners are 500, nine and a half games behind Texas in the AL West, five games out of the wild card. Uh, George Kirby was lights out tonight or this afternoon. Um, dominant performance from him, introduction, really true introduction of the splitter into his repertoire today. Uh, and Taylor Hernandez, as he is prone to do at times, carry the Mariners offense to a 5-0 win. Uh, Mariners welcome Toronto for the next three games. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of Canadian fans at T-Mobile. Should be a lot of fun. I think a very important series in defining what happens with the 2023 edition of the Seattle Mariners. It'll be fun to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Really, the only decision for me to make is what I'm going to barbecue this weekend Uh, to enjoy while watching the Seattle Mariners play baseball. So this was the late night edition of uh, the July 20th, Thursday night Mariners cast. We are presented by Sports Ethos. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20. That's T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0. And the podcast at Ethos Mariners, E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R. S. Take care, y'all. Enjoy your Friday. Uh, This series should be good. We'll be back tomorrow with a preview of the Blue Jays series. Um, Good times. Uh, Enjoy the game. Peace.